Hello and welcome to the New Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jade. And it's Grant over here. And today we are doing an episode on biblical finance. Absolutely. And the heart of this is really just to uh, center around tithing as well. That's been on my heart specifically for the longest time. And I've been really diving into the word. And we're going to really explore what God's word says about this really ancient truth almost. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, so just a disclaimer before we go on, I just want to say, what do we mean when we say finance? We're talking about the way you steward your money, use it for what purposes. And let's just get one thing straight, though. Money is not evil. Money is not good. Money is a tool to be used to better or worsen situations. It's how you view the money that determines the outcome of its usage. So Grant, tell me, what is your first opinion, biblical opinion on tithing? Okay, so just before we start, just a quick disclaimer. Um, I myself do tithe. I tithe every month. Um, I maybe don't tithe in the traditional way, but we can maybe get into that a bit later. But tithing is very biblical, as I will show and speak of to you guys just now. Um, so just putting that out there before we start. But um, just to get into it, tithing really originates from the Old Testament, and that's where we're going to start our journey today. It's quite a common topic in today's Christian world talk about tithing because we know churches need money to run um, but is that really how it was done in the old time so let's get into that now so tithing as i said before is in the old testament we see it way even before the law of moses came in we saw how abraham tithed to a priest called Melchizedek. that's in genesis 14 verse 20 and also we see jacob also tithing he made a promise to god that he would give a tenth of all that god gave to him now this isn't god actually telling them to do this this was on their own regard that they did this because they were so grateful and so in awe of our God. But really the first time when we see the law come into place, this is in Leviticus and the book of Numbers. So here we see, and just to give a bit of context, after the Israelites were led out of Egypt by Aaron and Moses, uh, and God brought them out safely, God then instructed the Israelites to construct a tabernacle. And this is where God would really live with their people. And so in this tabernacle where God would his very presence would be there. He instituted the tribe of Levi, the Levites, in other words, to work in this temple or tabernacle, as it's called. Um, and this you can find in Numbers, in the book of Numbers, I think, verse or chapter 1, verse 49. Um, now, within the Levites, Aaron, who was Moses' brother, um, he was the head priest that was assigned by God to work in this tabernacle. So Aaron and his sons would be the priests in the tabernacle, and it actually says that they will be the priests forever. And that's in Exodus 27. But the rest of the Levites that weren't descendants of Aaron, they were just going to do the general work in the tabernacle. So they would be the builders, they would be the, up, the maintenance guys, etc. cetera. Um, and funnily enough, actually, John the Baptist is a descendant of Aaron. That's something that I found yeah. uh, when I was researching this. So it's quite interesting. That's cool. But in any case, so that's the context that I want to give you guys for now. So we have Israelites in the tabernacle. Leave the tribe of Levi is the only ones allowed in there. Aaron and his sons are the main priests, and the other guys are just doing the work around there. And we also know that the Levites do not have any inheritance under God's law. So unlike the other tribes, they were given a, an allotment of land and food and all that stuff, but the Levites were not. So with that in mind, if we dig into the scriptures, we find that there are four main types of tithes that were in the Old Testament. So starting with number one, we have the Levitical tithe. So this was... The first kind of tithe that we see, this is basically the tithe that God commanded all the tribes of Israel to give to the Levites. This, I believe, was 10%. I can't be sure of that, though. 
but we see that this was purely for the Levites to live. They were not given an inheritance before. So basically this was God's way of giving provision to the Levites for what they did. Second kind of tithe was the tithe given to the priests. So as you recall, I told you about Aaron and his sons and his descendants. They were the priests who served in that tabernacle. So basically this was the tithe of tithes. So people would then take the Levitical tithe. So for example, if the tribes gave 10% for the Levitical tithe, 10% of that tithe would go to Aaron and his priests. So for example, if you earn a thousand rand, you tithe 10% of that, that's a hundred rand to the, to the first tithe, the Levitical tithe. Then 10% of that, which is 10 rand, would then go to Aaron and his priests. This again was payment for the service that they did as priests because it was quite a very important job. Mm -hmm. Then tithe number three is the tithe given to the poor. So there was a bit of a structure to these tithes actually. So it was quite cyclical. So every third year, there was a whole year dedicated to just tithing to the poor. And this was really just to provide for people who couldn't fend for themselves. So the fatherless, the widows, people who really just couldn't make a living. And the entire year was just dedicated to that. So the other tithes would stop and you would purely dedicate your tithe to giving to the poor, which is pretty cool, I think. All right. And then the last one, number four, this is the tithe separated for God's appointed times or festivals. So basically, if you read the book of Leviticus as well, or numbers, you see that God had a whole bunch of feasts and he commanded everyone to hold these celebrations in his name. So it's festival of tabernacles, festival of weeks. You guys can go read this in Exodus 23, Deuteronomy 16, etc. But God really wanted this tithe to actually be for you, funnily enough, and for you to be able to share with other people. So he would say that you can come to these festivals, you would spend your tithe on yourself, on a piece of steak or, you know, drink, stuff like that. And you then you would also be able to share with your neighbor who also wasn't so lucky. But it was really an awesome tithe, actually, just to celebrate God in that sense. And that's really the top four tithes not the top four, but the four tithes that we see in the Old Testament, in the law. So just to recap, number one, the Levitical tithe. This is the stuff given to the Levites because they had no inheritance. And we have the, the Aaronic tithe, which is basically the tithe given to Aaron and his priests. Then you have the poor tithe, which happened every third year. And then you have the festival tithe. So as we see, these are the tithes that were brought. And an important thing to know is that these tithes were mainly brought because they were supposed to be given in the in the temple right so the thing is and this is probably where we start to get maybe a bit away from mainstream christianity but these tithes were supposed to be brought to jerusalem only where god's presence was in his temple so we see that god chose this place with his name he says this in deuteronomy 12 verse 5 and jerusalem is the only place that god placed his divine name forever so now we start to ask our question, oh, Flip, are the tithes actually valid today? Um, since we know Jesus came, we don't necessarily have these kind of tithes anymore because we know the Levites, they're not really here. They're not serving in a temple that we know of because we actually know the temple of God was destroyed in 70 AD. Mm. So it really starts to raise the question, are, is tithing valid anymore? And maybe we can leave my talking for there for now and we'll wrap it up after you've said some words of, of wisdom. Mm. So what I want to say is where does the 10% rule come from? Why does it say 10%? So it comes from Leviticus 27.30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. 
And the 10% specifically comes from the Hebrew word of tithe, which is maser, which means 10. And the Greek term means 10th part. So that's where the 10% comes from. And uh, in the Old Testament, the Jews would also bring 10% of their harvest to a storehouse as a welfare plan for the needy or in case of a famine. And another place we can see tithing is where Jacob vowed to tithe to the Lord at Bethel in Genesis 28-22. So there's quite a few instances in the Old Testament about tithing. And like you said, there are specific systems for tithing. And what you must understand also is that in the Old Testament, tithing was an obligation. You were obligated to tithe. It was a command. And I want to talk about New Testament tithing, actually. So in the New Testament, tithing is actually in the form of offerings. So tithing is not a command, but it's more of an offering. And there are essentially two different kinds. So there's the sin offerings and the thank, the thanking offerings. So the sin offerings were offered for moral offenses and the thank offerings were offered to express gratitude for God's goodness. Um, that was the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, now it says that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament sin offerings through his death. So tithing is actually not mentioned by name in the New Testament. So does that mean it's not a command? So one of the things I actually wanted to bring up was um, where it says here in Proverbs 3, 9, 10, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, then your barns will be full to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So what we can look at for offerings is we can look at it as a worship, a form of worship. So when they say tithes and offerings, we can look at it as like, we're offering our worship to God. What do you think of that? Absolutely. I fully agree with that. And that really comes down to, you know, when was the when was Psalms or Proverbs written, right? It's the Old Testament. So he's referring mm. to the time when people would come to the temple and then tie to the temple. But as we also read in Revelations, the temple is going to be built again, right? That's when Jesus comes down and the new Jerusalem comes and descends from heaven. And that is kind of when these new laws will be reinstated, probably in my opinion. Um but yeah, so, and that's exactly what you say there. And it's people getting mixed up with tithes and offerings when actually it's really just an offering. And when you said, I think, what thank offering, I think mm. what I know it as is like a free will offering. Yeah. It's more about, okay, God, I want to worship you and I can do this through my finances. And it's more about you saying and being led by the Holy Spirit to then offer your finances over. It doesn't, it's not something contractual. It's not something bound by law anymore at the moment because the temple is not there these laws cannot stand um so pretty much that's where we're going with this so there's also another thing where pastors and leaders may ask you to tithe um and we don't know because that's supposed to be reserved for the tribe of levi so that's another good point to raise so that's really there's another thing as well now that i'm on it because my mind is going crazy over this because it's been on my heart for a while to actually investigate this one of the texts that people tend to use to kind of disprove tithes and saying or saying that you rather should tithe is Malachi 3 verse 7. And in this, it's basically saying, uh, and this is from the King James Version I have here, but maybe let's turn to the NIV. That could be quite fun. Mm. Maybe some ASMR for you guys if you hear my Bible talking here. <laughs> and while Grant looks for that, um, 
another example of that um your ties are actually offerings now it is a form of worship and what you choose is 2 corinthians 9 6 to 8 each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for god loves a cheerful giver and god is able to bless abundantly so that in at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work that's so good and i think i found it here so if you look at malachi chapter 3 verse 7 you will read this ever since the time of your ancestors you have turned away from me to oh, oh sorry let me restart that <laughs> ever since the time of your ancestors you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them return to me and i'll return to you says the lord almighty but you ask how are we to return will a mere mortal rob god yet you rob me but you ask how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings you are under a curse your whole nation because you are robbing me and people love to quote that hey in the church but also you have to then realize when was Malachi written? It's part of the Old Testament. Mm. So again, in the Old Testament, the temple was there. You were required by law to then tie to the Levitical priests and to the poor and all these things. And then obviously the Pharisees came in and added to that their own kind of version. Um, so that's kind of something that I wanted to add there in case, you know, you were thinking about that verse. So I think it's quite clear that according to the law, that tithing is not necessarily valid anymore now obviously this doesn't mean that you shouldn't be tithing you mm. shouldn't be giving free will offerings as i like to refer to them now as that's exactly how i tithe now i don't necessarily tithe to the church all the time i will tithe to anything that's really you know god has led me that the holy spirit has led me there so whether it's a homeless shelter or anyone who needs food you know that's also a tithe you know giving up your time mm. i mean come on so out of the four laws if we had to pick some that are still applicable, we can definitely see that giving to the poor in Remer, that was the third tithe. That seems quite valid today, I think. That's probably the closest you can get to actually fulfilling the law. Um, but apart from that, you know, the Levites aren't here at the moment. The temple's not there. So that's kind of what I wanted to say on that. Mm, I don't know um, if you have any closing yeah, thoughts. Yeah, the two closing thoughts. The first one is that... Um, Another way we can have offerings is to um, express our gratitude to God for Christ's work in many ways. So the first one can be 1 Peter 2.5, where he says, we offer up our spiritual sacrifices to God. So this doesn't specify what our sacrifices are. It doesn't say it's monetary, but um, they are spiritual. So you can do things according to what Jesus has said that would expand his kingdom and you can make it as an offering like God I'm worshiping you by doing this and helping your kingdom and another thing which I thought was quite interesting that I'd like to point out is Matthew 23 23 where Jesus says woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees you hypocrites you give a tenth of your spices mint dill and cumin but you have neglected the more important matters of the law justice mercy and faithfulness wow. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So what can we take from that? We can take that it doesn't matter how much offerings you give, how much or tithe you give. It matters that you still uphold what Jesus says. It doesn't matter how much offering you can give. If you're not doing what he asked, which is 
justice, mercy, faithfulness, and looking after people and loving people, your your offerings don't mean much. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, God doesn't need us to give him money, right? In fact, God doesn't need anything from us. Mm. He just wants us to really respect and love him and then, you know, share that love with other people. And that's really, I think, the core message here. And that whether you decide to tie it or rather give a free will offering, do it with discernment, right? Do it whether it's big or small, whether it's a tenth or not. It needs to be done with love and obedience to our Lord so that it brings him praise. Mm. And then, yeah, that's really the heart behind this. So I don't know. If you want to say any closing thoughts, any more closing thoughts, but that's really my main points that I wanted to get across. Yeah. Well, I actually wanted to give a an, an interesting an interesting tidbit oh, here. That. So good. in Leviticus twenty seven thirty one, it says, "If a man redeems any of his tithe, he must add a fifth of the value to it. Every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord." So it's quite interesting that if you don't give ten percent that month or that year then the following year you have to give more <laughs> just to, you know. Interest rates. So <laughs> yeah. It's intense. <laughs> I thought that was quite interesting, actually. <laughs> um, but yes. So moving on to the next thing in our biblical finance episode. So the first, uh, the second tip, sorry, I want to say is that don't buy anything with money you don't have. And the Bible talks about this in Proverbs 22, 26 to 27. Do not be a man who strikes hands in pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you. Sure. What do you have to say? No, absolutely. I mean, we all know credit card debt is the enemy of this world, even without bringing God into that. So (laughs) I think it's super true that, you know, it also goes back to stewarding your finances properly, right? I mean, if you're living this lavish lifestyle and you can't even back it up, and you're going into debt, that's not biblical. That's literally not stewarding what God has given you properly. And if you can't be trusted with even a little money or even a lot of money, God will not give you more. And that applies to people, that applies to leadership, that applies to promotions as well. Mm. Because God needs to see your heart. And if your heart is in this kind of fairy tale land and you are in denial about what you're doing, that's not a good place to be. And God sees that. Mm, yeah. And a, a very interesting thing I saw was that the minute a person goes into debt, he loses a portion of his freedom. As it says in Proverbs 22, 7, the rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. So it's quite interesting that like, you know, if you actually think about it, you do kind of lose a portion of your freedom if you if you are in debt because you are continuously working to pay off something that is not it's not yours yet you know that is true but if any of you know how the rich make their money you'll know that they actually use debt against that so i definitely understand what he's saying there but yeah if you're super smart <laughs> anything can be your friend but yeah i definitely mm-hmm. agree it's super important to steward your finances properly yeah definitely and the next thing is to have an emergency fund. I got four really cool scriptures talking about this. So the first one is Proverbs 30, 25. And it says, ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. So that means pretty much that that even though the ants are very small during the best times, which is their summer, they store up the food for their worst times, which is the winter. 
Another scripture is Ecclesiastes 11.2. Give portions to seven, yes to eight, for you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Proverbs 13.11. Dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. And the last one is Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Wow, so good. Mm. Proverbs, you can just study that whole book and you'd be like the best man ever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, so we have an emergency fund that we save up for every month. And what is the rule for an emergency fund? It depends, actually. So this is a bit of a side quest here. Welcome to the new finance channel. <laughs> <laughs> so rule for emergency fund, generally three to six months of your normal expenses. That includes your entire expenses. So bond, mortgage, car payment or whatever, medical aid. Um, but if you are a small business owner or basically an entrepreneur, you should save a whole year's worth because, yeah, that's that's a tough life <laughs> sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that's generally the rule of thumb. Yeah. So definitely have an emergency fund for those tough times that may occur. <laughs> and the next one is give often to the poor. So the scriptures I have for this is Proverbs 11.25. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And the last one is Matthew 25, 35 to 40. The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. So what I can definitely say is that um, giving to the poor is one of the strongest commands. It's it's echoed throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament to look after those in need. And it's true, though, you know, when we actually help those in need, we ourselves feel, oh, that's good. I feel good that I have helped them, as well as the fact that, yay, they have, they have something now. They have food, they have clothes, they have water, they have money. And Again, give often to the poor it doesn't necessarily mean money. It can also mean, like I said, the other things. Um, but the Matthew is Jesus speaking where he's saying he's the king. And he's saying that if you help the least of your brothers, you're doing it for me. Because Jesus is saying that he is in every single person on this earth. And he loves every single person on this earth. So we are to help everyone, even the poor, as they are our brothers. Absolutely. And, you know, that's really the heart of this, that you shouldn't use this podcast as like an excuse not to be generous, not to, you know, give your free will offerings anymore because this was some Old Testament Levite thing. No, absolutely not. We know also churches take money to run as well. So if you use discernment and you really feel on your heart that your church is doing good things in your community with the poor, by all means, you know, ask the Holy Spirit for counsel and where he wants your money. But really, the heart is still to be generous. The heart is still to be faithful to what God wants you to do. And that's really the, the bottom line here, I feel. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And uh, just a side note, if anyone is forcing you to have to give tithes or offerings. Um, Send them here to this podcast. <laughs> it, is, it is not a command. You are not to be forced. It is completely out of your own free will how much you want to give. And if you do want to give again it is a worship offering from your own heart and the last point i'd like to say is to seek counsel for your finances 
So the first scripture I have is Proverbs 19.20. Listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end you will be wise. Proverbs 15.22. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. And the last one is Psalms 32.8, and this is God speaking. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. That's awesome. And I mean, just to be super practical, like obviously when they say counselors, I, at least this is my opinion. Yeah, financial advisors are good, but it doesn't need to be that complicated. You can even go on YouTube, watch a whole bunch of videos and then kind of get the gist of that. That's also a counselor, right? You're seeking someone else's opinion other than your own. Speak to your family, speak to other people you trust who have been successful in their own ways. And yeah, that's really what I want to add to that. Yes. So that is all I have to offer for biblical finance. Do you want to add anything else? No, I think we've really wrapped it up quite nice. I think this was super fun. Our first episode, hopefully a part two in the near future. If anyone has any further questions, we are working on some ways that you can reach out to us, which we will communicate in the next few episodes. But for now, Jade, you want to wrap it up? Yes. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you all have an awesome day. Please follow and bye. Bye. <laughs>